Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts and our minds be pleasing to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I invite you to be seated this morning. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to you and yours again. A very Merry Christmas. You are welcome here this morning. Whether your faith is deep and strong, whether you believe, don't believe, half believe, or don't know what you believe. You have put yourself in the way of Jesus Christ this morning, in the way of his love, and there's no better place for you to be than here. We gather to hear the story once again, the story of God come among us to sing of shepherds and angels And all the elements of a good story are there for us. And like any good story, this one has captured the imagination for millennia. Now, I love reading good stories. I love reading stories to my children because I can see in their eyes and I can hear in their questions an imagination being stirred. We've made our way through the Chronicles of Narnia. We've walked through the wardrobe. We've gone through Middle-earth and the Hobbit, waiting to find out what's going to happen to that great adventurer Bilbo or to the unfortunate Gollum. I'm sure many of you here this morning can appreciate a good story. And you remember the telling or the hearing of good stories with great fondness. But what's the difference between what we do as a family at bedtime or what we do in our book clubs and what we're doing here this morning, listening to this story once again? We all, presumably because we're here, in the familiar words of an old gospel hymn, we want to hear that old, old story, that old, old story of Jesus and his love. You're here this morning because you're drawn to the story. Welcome. Now, we could have easily replaced the scripture readings this morning with something else. Brainerd could have processed to the middle of the congregation holding high a copy of Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus and read aloud from it. But something would seem amiss, I'm sure, right, Brainerd? Yes, definitely good, I hope. And no doubt there would be some questions from a number of you as to what happened to the gospel story of the birth of Jesus. Why? We are simply people of the book, people of the story. The church is a people of this book and not of another. The church is not the church without this book. These scriptures which narrate and tell us about Israel and their relationship with God and with the world around them, of God's promise of salvation to Abraham, to Moses, to David, and through Israel to every nation. These remarkable stories of this Rabbi Jesus in the Gospels and the stories of his followers through the rest of scripture are a story unlike other stories. They're special. 
They aren't special because of the people who told them. They aren't even special because of the way in which they were told. These people weren't much different than you or me, and no doubt some of them weren't great storytellers, not on the level of a Homer or a Dante or a Shakespeare or even a Tolkien or a Lewis. No, this story is special for other reasons. This story is a special story because the God told about and heard about here is a special God. The claims of the truth of this story hang on the claims made about this God. The truth of these stories hang not in themselves but rest upon the truth of the God that they tell about. John tells us as much in his account this morning of who this God is and what this God is all about. That in this Jesus, in and through this Jesus, all things came into existence. And in this same Jesus, all things are held together. These are claims of a tall order. These are claims this morning about the nature of reality. All things, all of existence, not one thing in existence owes its existence to something other than this God who showed up in Jesus. That means you, me, your family, your gatherings last night, your festivities today and throughout the holidays, your whole entire life past, present, and future, all exist because of the word that was made flesh and came among us. These are claims of a tall order. You see, the claims of this story are all-encompassing. They're universal, from top all the way down to the bottom. This story is about God. And it makes the claim that this God in Jesus has claimed me and has claimed you and has claimed all of creation as his own. Now the really wonderful thing is that what we're doing here this morning in this telling and in this listening, in our liturgy and in our lives is a, a part of this very same story. This story is not just something that we read about far off in some distant land like Narnia or Middle-earth, but a story which we find our own lives implicated in. We don't just read this story. We are read this morning into the story. We don't read the Bible. The Bible reads us. We can't just read this story like other stories because by virtue of our baptisms we find ourselves as characters in this same story, participants in the same drama of this same God, our world, with all of its drama. And there is so much drama. With its own crises and resolutions, with our world's own terrors and fears, with its own front-page horrors, with its own loves and losses, is a part of this same story. 
So our job this morning in the telling, in the hearing, in the singing of these hymns and carols is not just a reading, but a living, a living out of this story. The self-same God who called Israel out from the nations, who sent his Jesus among us, calls to you this morning, invites you into this very same drama, into this story, so that the world may know his Christ and the benefits of his death and resurrection. Welcome to the story of God. Merry Christmas. Amen.